You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 299 of the critically acclaimed, very, very critically acclaimed PHP Ugly. And we are three real-life, honest-to-goodness, sometimes-employed web developers (laughs) who make our living around the PHP programming language. This is our podcast. We've been doing it now for, I don't know, a couple months, and we really haven't gotten much better at it. We do have a wonderful group of people who support us, both in our Discord at discord.phpugly.com, where you can come and chat with us live during the show or during the week. Plenty of conversations happen in there. It's very, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we also have supporters on Patreon who, for some reason or another, feel obligated to give us a little cheddar, which does make the show go a little smoother. We do appreciate that. And we have a couple of sponsors now. Uh, we have our Honey Badger, who's been with us for a while, and we have a returning sponsor, Cloudways. So we're going to we're going to talk to, about both those a little later in the show. But for now, I'm your host. Eric Van Johnson, and with me is John Rideout. <laughs> nope, <laughs> almost. <laughs> Just wanted to see who would respond. John Congdon, two ninety nine. Who would have thought? Not me. That's crazy. And Tom Rideout. Hello. 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 <laughs> Rideout. <sighs> I was wondering if you're going to remember to introduce yourself the way you, you, you didn't do your normal intro. You kind of... Do I have a normal you, intro? You, really? you kind of danced around a little bit. For a while, it was yeah. like baseball related. Well, that was I, like I the first 10 episodes. A, tried to do a fun fact around our numbers, but that got shot down at like episode 54. Because you can't find any fun facts beyond 54. They're like, you stayed on the air more than 54 episodes? What's wrong with yes. you? What's my problem? Next episode, next, next episode is going to be a perfect bowling score. I mean, maybe we could do something around there. We'll talk about the history of perfect bowling scores. There you go. That why 300, uh, 300 is a perfect bowling score? Yeah. yeah. Why, you know, why, the, why bowling is so hard to calculate? Unfortunately, fortunately, the only trivia I know is about a guy who scored a 300 on 9-11. Because of Howard Stern? I no, not from it's from Reddit. Yeah, that was a big thing uh, on the Howard Stern show on nine eleven, where like they stayed on the air, you know, while everything was happening. But one of their employees still had to go bowling that night, and they're like, "You realize we're under attack, and you still went to the bowling alley? What the hell's wrong with you?" No, uh, Bill Bill Morrow bowled a perfect score on nine eleven. Why do you know that? I don't know. I, I don't know why I know half the things I know. Tom, everybody wants to hear how how how's the job hunting going? I've been given two offers, and made made a decision. Uh, Who's the lucky company? Nothing is signed yet. 
Oh, so don't announce the lucky company. So I can't announce the lucky company, but it uh, it does rhyme with header belp. (laughs) Helps me not at all. What? How does that not help you at all? I don't. I'm so bad at riddles. I don't know. Not a a riddle. Header belp? (laughs) Not a riddle. Anyways, you really are bad at this, Eric. I don't we, know what we, that means. We talked about the company before, so I'm excited. Uh, soon, <laughs> not he to working be... for us, John. Did you he hire ta- him? He <laughs> talked about it in slide or in Discord. I think we. I don't pay attention yes. to him. So huge, him huge Discord. shout out to listener Ryan, who uh, set me up with the position and the interviews and stuff, and it was, it was fantastic. So oh, I know what it is. Oh, you figured it out? <laughs> Jesus. <clears throat> so, so wait, very, uh, very excited. You accepted their offer? Uh, it's not, like I said, the offer's not in in paper form yet. But uh, <clears throat> it will be hopefully tomorrow. And uh, well, that, will be, you, that will be good. You have to get through this. This episode first. We'll see. How yeah, I was let's, I was talking to my buddy about offend that. Them. My buddy wanted me to go out, go out drinking with him tonight, and I reminded him of the, the girl who out of college got a job at NASA and then told the head of NASA to suck her balls on Twitter because now she's working at NASA, but she didn't know that he was the head of NASA. So basically have like eight or nine hours to go to totally screw things up. So I decided not to go out drinking. I did go out drinking. But I had at that moment, I had at that moment decided not to, which was the I more decided responsible. Decided not to go out drinking. You know, while I was behavior. out drinking. That's true. I did. I did tell that story while drinking after, with my friend. After I was two point seven five sheets to the wind, I, made I was the very not to get very reserved. Uh, I, I tell you what, there is nothing as tiring as being unemployed. I am doing nothing is so exhausting. I. <laughs> I like, I like I like to take that challenge. No, it's it's so boring. John, you caught me off guard this week. You asked me about a phrase that I, I asked, how did you hear that? And you never responded. I did that on purpose. Okay. Saving it for the show? Yeah, of course. <laughs> now I gotta remember what the phrase was. I asked you about a where is it at? It's right up here. Um I asked you about a podcast. Right. Yeah. And I can't find it now. Where is it at? I, I didn't, can't, can't remember the name of it. Citizen something, something citizen. citizen right. Citizen coder. Yeah. So you're doing another podcast on us? You're cheating behind our back? What the hell's going no! on? No. <laughs> I don't know if Hans is cheating hear? if he's already doing two other podcasts. But he's doing, we know about those. All of a sudden, he's doing another nice. podcast. Hey, listen, my and, podcasting is very fluid, man. You can't hold me down just one or two podcasts. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, he didn't even tell us he was doing another podcast, and he's on another podcast. I'm not. It's funny how that, you still haven't answered my question. How did you hear about Citizen Coder? Twitter. Okay. All right. Interesting. So it's funny how it happened. Uh, this person drew tweeted out that they are going through our back catalog of podcasts and like this still blows my mind when i hear that people people do that 
It's it's like why <laughs> first thing the information is literally five years old. Like it's it's so old now. It's not even worth listening to. But well, you know, we I, put I, that I, into our prospectus so that we can say, look, it's evergreen. People still listen to it five years <laughs> later. Yeah, just blows my mind. And he he mentioned that you know he was thinking about doing a podcast, and I just told him I'm like, hey, you know, if you ever if you ever interested, let me know, and you know I, I can give you some pointers and tell you tell you tell what you. not to do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much like like don't do a podcast for starters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he took me up on the offer, and uh, before we got together to talk, he said that he thought he thought he was going to do an interview format podcast. I'm like, all right, well. What we'll do is we'll record our meeting, and if you want to use that for your first podcast, you're more than welcome to do it. So that's what he's doing. He's using our, <clears throat> our initial kind of discovery meeting as a uh, as his first podcast. And do you know when this is coming up? Because as of the tweet, it was he was going to clean it up so that he would sound more human, <laughs> or you would sound more human. I can't remember what he said. Yeah, he actually just reached out to me and asked how I would like to be introduced. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm not big on titles. Just you know, pizza <laughs> the hut. Yeah, that that was actually one of the things I did tell him. I'm like, if you thought your voice sounded funny before, like listening to a recording, wait till you go in and try to edit a podcast that you're on. It will all the little vocal ticks and stuff you have are going to drive you through the roof. Oh, and our shows, like our shows now, they're like an hour 15 or so, hour 30. But like they used to be straight up two hours just because I could not stop. Well, and it, this was one of the things I told him. It's like when we first started, we were always talking over each other. I mean, it was like this just massive, <laughs> just three guys yelling yeah. at each other. And I think the video, I think the video helps since we're broadcasting live and we can see each other. I think that helps more. That's a good point. Back in the I, day, back in the day, we didn't have this fancy video stuff. <laughs> I also think, I mean, honestly, we've gotten better. Like even amongst each individual, though their ticks that they had are nowhere near as bad as they were when we first started. I, I mean, I could like, what was John? John still does it, but like every five minutes, John would go. That's funny, or something like he does this. Like that's funny, you know. It's like except for that uh, one time, I do. <laughs> yeah, you, really? yeah. And you still do, like occasionally. Like that's when I know you've totally lost interest in the conversation, and you just want to move on. You say, no, that's oh, when that's you're. Funny. That's when you're talking over me, and he wants you to stop. I, now I'm going to go back and listen to all the shows because I don't remember saying that. <laughs> so yeah. It's got to be like late in the show. I'm like, I'm just done. <laughs> well, that's when you we hang early on, on. That was when you decided to show up. You know, it was you were very scarce there at first. I was. It was supposed to be you. You were like the star of this thing. I didn't want to be on no. the, on the show. No, no, you, no, you have no, that no, whole no, thing backwards. Well, no, I know when. So prior to recording, prior to ever having it, your idea was you wanted to produce a podcast. You didn't want to be on it, and then after we started. And we realized how freaking good you were at this. I was like, no, this is your thing. I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> Give me a little too much credit. Okay. Let's save the nostalgia for next episode. It's <laughs> a good idea. Yeah. I'll look, That's a terrible I'll, idea. I'll, you know that. I'll look back at 300 episodes. I have, we've had several people summed up say, in 10 minutes. 
we've had several people say that that they've started listening from episode one, and every single time we've tried to stop them. There were some really rough ones, so, man. Yeah, a couple, <laughs> one or two in there were were pretty rough. What we yeah. need to do is put together a. If you're gonna start listening, listen to like this one, this one, like a handful of them, not all 300 of them. So you can get a gist of how we've improved and also some of the backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and do that. No. <laughs> That's the other thing. We've had some pretty long running jokes, like in, inside jokes that only listeners to the show will appreciate. Like, yeah. From the very beginning, like the microwave. <laughs> microwave. Is a good one. So, so my kids saw one of those stickers of our logo and they're like, why, why does he say the, the microwave is watching us or whatever the quote is on there. Don't trust your Don't microwave. Trust your microwave. Don't, don't, he's like, what does that mean? I'm like trying to explain what the inside joke is to an eight-year-old. And now he's all freaked out about microwaves and he looks at it suspiciously. Uh, good old days. I'm going to miss these days. Wait, we're, we're, right. not, we're not done? We're going to keep going? Yeah. Supposedly. Sure. Also, we, have two, we have two sponsors now, so I guess we have to keep going. We do have two sponsors. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> You've only got like four good years worth of actual memory left in you, though, so don't worry too much about it. <laughs> how are we going to do the sponsors, man? Are we going to do we gonna do one like in the first 15 minutes and then... I mean, it is the first 15 minutes, isn't it? Well, we should probably do one. Well, it's, I mean, it's a classic. It's a throwback. Let's do it. This episode of PHP Ugly is sponsored by HoneyBadger.io, the web developer's secret weapon. HoneyBadger offers exception, uptime, and cron monitoring all in one place, and it is easily installed into your web application. Deploy with confidence and be your team's DevOps hero. Their list of features can fit a team of any size. Are you just starting out? Have a fantastic free plan for life that you can use while your traffic is low. Are you an established business? Perfect. You should have a system in place to alert you to errors in real time, not finding out when your web visitors complain, if they ever do. In addition, their third-party integrations will let you connect some of the most commonly used alerting services so that you can know at a moment's notice if things go wrong. Head over to honeybadger.io to sign up for a free account to get started. And while you are listening to a PHP podcast, HoneyBadger supports so many languages, including Ruby, JavaScript, Elixir, Python, Go, and so many more. Head over to honeybadger.io and start your trial today. Thank you, Thank Honey, you Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. Appreciate that. We're actually in the process of implementing more Honey Badger through our infrastructure. Yeah, we had a we had a desperate need for Honey Badger this week, unfortunately. Well, that was last week. We talked about it. No, this week. Oh, oh we've really? Had, we've had more tragedy strike Diego Dev. Did Did you not swap out that instance? It was this week you did that. Yeah, but we talked about the other issue last week, the memory running out of memory. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. Good. I don't know if Honey Badger would have caught the issue we had this week. They have uptime monitoring, John. If you, uh... yeah, but I guess. Okay, fill me in. I'm missing out of out of nowhere. Somebody was saying PHP Arch was doing it, could not connect the database. Right, and that was the I... memory thing. No, no. that. That was the memory thing was completely different. Memory thing, you couldn't purchase anything. Like you could access but, but the, the website site. came up. Like the website right. was displaying. You just couldn't do anything. You couldn't download anything. You couldn't purchase anything. Right. So when it went to access a backend service, there was a problem. 
fast forward a few days, all of a sudden you go to PHP Arch and it kind of connect to the database. I'm like, what the hell? And I go, I jump on the server. And by the time I go to look at it, it's back up and running, which was frustrating. And I'm like, I don't know what happened, but it's working. So Eric and I kind of went back to work. A couple hours later, it happens again. I get on the server and it was a DNS issue. We could not resolve any DNS. Actually, I didn't try any DNS, but the the two that mattered, we there's a phparch.com CNAME record over to RDS and the actual RDS domain. Neither one could be resolved. So we couldn't connect to the database. I tried everything I could think of I, outside of changing etsy.resolve.conf, which on EC2 says, don't do this, it'll get overwritten. But I wanted to just change out name servers altogether. I ended up rebooting the machine or actually terminating that one and bringing up a new one. And it worked fine. Like since then, we've had no issues. Right. So I have no clue why the machine stopped resolving DNS. It was yeah. very frustrating. You know, know. My future employers have been listening to this podcast, and it doesn't put me in the greatest light. Why? You didn't do anything. <laughs> so you don't work for Diego? Yeah. No, but I'm associated, or PHP or I'm associated with these kinds of issues. Mm. No, you're not oh. in any way. Did I ever tell you about when I, when I set up my first Windows NT server? And it was, it was on a, it was on a uh, D- DMZ. Had a, had like a real internet facing IP address, mm-hmm. and I hadn't I had not configured the DNS on it, but it started feeding DNS to all the clients, <laughs> and I had no idea where it was getting DNS from. Hmm. Do you know where it was getting DNS from? No idea. If you set up a Windows server on an, on the actual internet, just straight up exposed to the internet, it contacts the root DNS providers and starts acting as its own DNS server. Yeah. I do not I do not remember that at all. I mean, there was a service, a DNS service you could install that Right. So you, if that if that service is running but you don't have a DNS provider in your network, well, it will you, just go straight to the root servers. Well, yeah. That's what <laughs> DNS does. DNS finds finds I should talk to your future employer and just let them know that <laughs> yeah, that's how DNS works. <laughs> but yes, no, it's how DNS as like a server works. I had just never struck me that it had its own internal references to the root DNS servers that were out there. But that's not just an NT thing. Bind does the same thing. I, well, I didn't install Bind. I installed NT. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did I tell you about the first time I installed a Windows a server and like it started serving up web pages. I was eighteen. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Installed. I was eighteen. Like, Thank you very much. Was... You brought this up. Not us. Well, I'm being told by Zombie Slayer I should just stop. So fine. <laughs> Zombie Slayer, join us in Discord. Why you're not over here with us? Why are you? Why are you in YouTube? Discord.phpugly.com. Join us. Although we, I'm sure YouTube likes the the comments in there, and maybe it helps our algorithms and all that good stuff. So, well, our YouTube mind. comments are made strictly for for other frameworks to yell at us. <laughs> apparently, yeah, I'm. John uh, engaged with. Are we talking ang- about it? Ang- this angry framework person, and uh, it was very cordial. I uh, I tend to be a very cordial person, ah! Eric. Eric, Eric was not allowed stuff. to talk. 
John invited. is such a puss. He's not, not a puss. I, I, I am friendly. I, I, I tend to put out olive branches and try and like mend fences. Eric's like, I want to go to war. I'm like, no, stop it. Well, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to war. I just want. To, I just want to point out. I would very cordially point out the mistakes they were making, but. It's not mistakes. I, Everyone has their own opinions. He has a different opinion that he wants to oh, code in PHP five. So he wants to stay in PHP five days. It's okay. We we discussed like how he had gotten so many subscribers to his channel. And if you go to the very, very end of his, his list on YouTube, there's we, the insider club. We're given the insider club we... video. Well, you were asking about this, Eric. The insider club video I, with the girl with the girl dancing. Odd. What the, the oh. girl dancing video saying oh, join yeah, the insider you did club? That to me. What was that about? Yeah. So I I have decided that we are going to get the Chippendales. Oh, is that to what create a promo about? video for us? Oh my gosh! No, Definitely we're not spending not money on that. that. They are hardworking men, John. I'm not saying they're not, but I'm not going to pay <laughs> money for a video. Uh, and Patreon, you guys are patrons do. I I kind of wish he didn't take down the video. Yeah, what's I, up with that? Can you give me because I didn't watch it. Was it. Very embarrassing. I watched like I came in apparently really late because I couldn't even scroll through all the ch- chat chatting you did. Yeah, no. The- for some reason, the scrolling on the chat was just not working. Like, just you couldn't really? scroll through the chat. <laughs> you have so, to have a saved live video for scrolling through the chat. So why why was the video taken down, John? Do you know? He said that he often does that with his live streams. He doesn't leave them all up, and depending on how things go. He either leaves them up or he doesn't. I don't know it if he specifically. Well. I'm. I'm wondering if he specifically took it down because he and I had this kind of back and forth. And I. I was so close to calling in on Skype, like to have a live conversation. I just. I'm not well enough versed in everything to like. I didn't want to get cornered That's, in anything, so I'm not well, going to go live on it. I don't think there was it. a big concern about that happening. <laughs> True. I don't. I still. But, I still don't understand what this. What this little battle we got ourselves into with. With it. He doesn't say anything directly. If you're trying to, if you're trying to figure out what we're talking about, we talked about it last week. It's this guy from Tron Gate. What's his name? David. David Connolly. Connolly. David Connolly. He, he, I was told about, that that was the best part of the episode last week. By the way, it's more about his issue. Is more about you've said things not necessarily directly about him. He he says you can call him shit. You can call him like say he's the worst coder ever. Tron Gate's stupid he doesn't care about that there was demonstrably wrong things that have been said about either things that have happened on reddit or things that have happened with him with either you said something about a framework he used to work for or something that he takes yeah, issue with code igniter and but he's saying that that's just blatantly false like you well, made I mean, that his, up or there's like 500 videos right. about how to code and code igniter would disagree but it doesn't mean that he worked with the code igniter core team or no i didn't say that like i just that. said he was code igniter guy something you said came across wrong so all he's saying is <laughs> things say it's, said, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so, funny how john's trying to take take his side on this like, I'm, not yeah. trying to take, I'm, I'm pretty sure um, you were wrong there Tom. i'm not necessarily taking sides i'm trying to say he's got a point of view that I don't discredit. He saw what you've said or Eric said or I've said because he's had issues with all three of us and things we've said. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm saying we drink during the show and we say stupid shit. (laughs) 
I'm saying wrong. I'm saying he is wrong. Now No, he's have not. you gone back and watched that watch that episode, John? I'm there are I'm not saying he's saying we're wrong on everything we said. It is very specific facts that were said that are not timeline based true. But my question is, have you gone back and watched that show? No. Okay, so you're not even willing to defend us when you have I'm not not going willing to defend us. Watch the show. No, I'm not no, not no, willing no. to defend us. No, that's it's, pretty much how it that's, is. All that is say, is said is I remember Tom saying very specifically that he worked for or was somehow involved with Cake PHP, and he's saying like Kate. that's or whatever it was. Ooh, that's Eric's Code thing. Code Eric, Eric's literally the only person I know who's dem- ever done cake. Demonstrably not cake. true. That's it. That's all. Uh, I don't no, care. No, I don't care enough. We're, why are we spending so much time on that's this? I, the thing I had issue with is is John's in their chat saying, "Oh yeah, I hate Laravel. Laravel sucks. I hate Laravel. <laughs> I'm not He's a Laravel terrible. fan. I I or user. I've gone on record. I've gone on record. I have the Laravel app. I'm not a fan of it. I, I have. I never I have, have been a, question, a big fan. Of I it. have a question for you guys because this hey, came guys. this came up on Reddit, and it. It was a boiling conversation. So the post here is, I'm working with a developer to create a website. It has an internal search function that is integral to the site and one of the main features I hired them for. I told them that the search input is not working when the user presses the enter key to trigger the function and will only work when you click the input. They said I didn't specify that I wanted the functionality and are saying that it's an additional feature that I'll have to pay four hours of work to implement. I would have thought allowing a user to trigger a search with the enter key is standard. I thought it was a bug when I noticed it wasn't working. I'm very tempted to challenge them on this, but I'm inexperienced. Is this standard? Should I be charged an additional fee for this? Four hours for making the enter key press the submit button? Or mm-hmm. submit? Yeah. You're, you're getting into very hairy t- I mean, yeah. I guess, it, I guess it would go back to, did you discount your service so much that you broke even on your time like you really didn't to charge that much for something like that i would i bend over backwards to, to make clients happy at times and i go too far yes but you do I would, but i would <laughs> definitely like to me that's that's a no-brainer it's like of course press enter to, to submit a thing again if the client is a terrible client and they they do that Time and time and time again. Well, I need well, this little thing and this little thing. Okay, and this so thing, then at, then that's a different story. But if if that's the first thing that's come up, I'm like, no, I'm not going to charge you. As for, for that. as for if this is a terrible client, when given a bill, they went to Reddit and had Reddit confirm that this was not okay. So I would call that like from the start bad client. Instead of discussing it with you and saying four hours Maybe. seems like a lot. Can we no, talk about two hours? I'm, a, I'm assuming they tried that and the, nope. the developer was no. No, no, no. Last, last line of the post. I'm tempted to challenge them on this, but I'm inexperienced. Is this standard? They, so they, they just they got a four-hour charge for this and then went to Reddit and said, I have no idea what I'm doing. Are these guys ripping me off? And naturally, Reddit went fucking ballistic and said, everyone's being stolen from here. This is... It's not four hours. It's a two-minute task. I could do this in my sleep. No one offered to do it, by the way. They just said, I could do it in my sleep. Until finally, someone comes in and says, project manager has to create the task, team meeting discuss the task, dev to push the code, write the code test on stage, possibly write a unit test, deployment pipeline. First off, this is a 
dev office. They have to pull up the specific repo that they're working on for this customer. Like four hours to me isn't unreasonable for even the smallest change. Like to $500 for an enter button between $500 to you at that point. $500 between $500 and $1,000. You think think this four hours isn't just 80 bucks? Because I'm willing to bet it's just 80 bucks. Well, then then they're not. No, that's not 80 bucks. Yeah. I'm totally willing to bet it's 80 bucks. Also, no, no, no. Before you, before you move on, you just pointed out that they're an agency that has QA and project CI managers. pipelines project. Yeah. So uh-huh. it's not a, it's not a, a single developer, $20 an hour person. So, so, so they, they hired a developer on Upwork to work on a WordPress site. Okay, so they did a WordPress site that they probably paid five hundred for. Now they want a hundred dollars more for an. They paid five thousand. They want some amount more for an enter button. I don't know. Like, it's an Upwork job. It's a it's a contract by the lowest bidder job. Yeah. Okay. And he, so he didn't he, get what he wanted, and then when told, like when he was missing something that he wanted but didn't specify, he was told that's four hours of work because it is. No, it's not. It's a WordPress site, man. But it's not four hours of work. Uh, No, it's it's four hours of time for the development team. So if you're new or back to a team, listener to the show, this pretty much summarizes the whole. John is is kind of too generous with his time, and Tom is kind of a dick. And (laughs) yeah, this 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 is going to wrap it all up for you guys. There you go. What if they? What if they wrote this as a module not, if, for a, if a team? Site? If a team is going upward and it's a full team, then there's other issues. Just saying, Eric, we should go to yeah, upward exactly. for some more work. Exactly. <laughs> but like saying that saying that this guy is getting ripped off is being totally like, oh well, I'm a great developer and I could do this in two minutes. The dude it goes went, back to dude went sent it to that. the lowest bidding offer on a website that specializes in lowest bidding offers for a web, for a WordPress platform, dude, four hours is not unreasonable for starting and finishing a change for an enter key. It's unreasonable. Now I agree. I hear you with the, I often have that same, like our minimum is X number of hours. And if your minimum is four hours, if I'm going to spend any time, I'm charging four hours. Yeah, that's fine. But I mean, come on. So <laughs> Four can, hours for an error button. Can I ask you an honest goodness question? How, as a business owner, how helpless would you feel if you didn't even have the skill set on hand to add hitting an enter key does a search for you on your application? Like, this is what you're building your business around, this application, but you've outsourced so much of it, like something this simple, this basic, you can't you can't manage that, to muster that, up enough of in-house skill set to do it. That's a good point, but I've I mean I've been part of other businesses where the owner has no clue. They hire people, and unfortunately, when you hire a single person and they leave, you're screwed. Like right, and when you don't, so, specify- so they went, so they go to Upwork and they try and find somebody. Yeah, and when you don't that's properly true. specify the requirements of the project and something's missing, that's not a bug. That's a feature that you didn't define. But if you're, I don't know. I think that's lowest that's bidder. Close. 
lowest bidder. Like this is this is a dude who's managing a team of five people in India, and he's telling them you have to get this done in, in exactly six hours. I don't give a shit how long it actually takes. You're only getting paid for six hours. Like that's absolutely the story. And when you want some guy who's managing a team of developers to make a change like that, you're talking about four hours of work from somebody, like total human work that goes into it. End of story. Like I work on a feature that adds a search button to something and there's my time, the designer's time, the the front end developer CSS guy like and do you make sure the enter key works when you hit the submit button or when you when you're typing you hit enter I or make sure it's got to be in the story before you do it I make sure to contact the stakeholder so you did something and you yeah. asked before you I did also it. cost a lot more money than five thousand dollars for a WordPress site with good reason mm, that's funny <laughs> I, I could I. <laughs> I had to. I'm going to give you credit for that one. Would I bill for four hours? No. I would bill for one hour at my rate, which would come to four hours at the rate that he's paying. It's the Probably. same thing. He's going to pay the same Wait. amount. <laughs> so we go back to who's doing it and what's their time worth. Not just that, but is this person being ripped off? Because Reddit believes that this person is absolutely being ripped off. I this just changed. I, I, I went to EC2 for a client, switched all of their servers from EC2 Classic because on August 15th, they shut it down to v, VPC and I didn't bill for bill them for it. I am a terrible freaking business person. I spent time doing that, didn't charge for it. CEO, ladies and gentlemen. So would you say I see you right there, baby? Would you say like this Redditor? (laughs) Would you say like this Redditor that this is utter conniving bullshit? Or is this just an inflated amount of time to handle all of the work that goes around it? It's inflated amount of time. It should have been thought about before it was built. Sure. Is it utter conniving bullshit? It's a single it's a single input. An enter key should submit the form. I'm su- I'm shocked it doesn't do it automatically. Well, on a form it's supposed to. I'm guessing that this was a larger scale JavaScript interaction. I agree. We spent way too much time on it. I agree. Okay, that's we should move on. Story number two that Tom has brought up that we spent too much time on. <laughs> but you know what'll help you save time? What is that, Tom? We'd like to thank our partner, Cloudways. We love coding, but managing the server that code runs on can be time-consuming and error-prone. Cloudways offers peace of mind and flexibility so you can focus on growing your business instead of dealing with server management. With Cloudways, you get an optimized stack, managed servers, backups, staging environment, integrated Git, pre-configured composer, 24-7 support, and a choice of five cloud providers, AWS, DigitalOcean, Linode, Google Cloud, and Vulture. Cloudways helps you spend less time managing servers and more time doing what you really want, coding. Simplifying cloud deployment by managing one account and not multiple accounts across multiple cloud platforms. You also see the monthly cost for running your servers, so there's no surprise. Cloudways has all the tools you need to manage your server right there 
in their interface, or simply SSH into the machine yourself. Sign up for Cloudways today using the promo code PHPARCH, that's P-H-P-A-R-C-H, and get a 20% discount for three months. Or just visit phparch.com forward slash cloudways. That's phparch.com forward slash cloudways. Thank you, cloudways. <laughs> so if, you, if you're a long-time listener to the show, we were, we were talking earlier about some insider jokes sort of thing. Cloudways was a, a sponsor from, uh, I think, last year or maybe a little longer. Mm-hmm. So they reached out to us. Um, it's, it's important to explain we're getting this to you now. We've been working with Cloudways for a couple of weeks on, on getting all the content together for this advertisement campaign. And we're kind of rushing this to you because Cloudways currently is having this uh, summer sale offer. So when you click, when you go to the link, phparch.com slash Cloudways, that'll take you to the page where you can sign up. It will include the, the uh, promo code and all that that you need, which is, I think it was like 20%. Was that what, what we did? 25%, 20%? Anyways. I think, was, I think it was 25, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So if, <laughs> if you do that now, within like the next week, I think I think the I think the summer sale runs until like the 31st. So let's just say within next week, there's there's additional discounts take it from Cloudways on their services for their for their summer sale. So we wanted to make sure we got that code out there to our listeners. And also, we wanted to take a moment to introduce Scott. Scott, yeah, Tech who is Warren. the Scott guy? We have we don't. He's going to be replacing Tom of... next week. Okay, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, Scott. Scott is going to be. That's funny. Doing videos for a PHP Architect, so we've been wanting to get the YouTube game going a little bit at PHP Architect for a while, and I reached out to Scott. Scott had been putting together some PHP videos for for a little bit, and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, any interest in like partnering up with us and you know coming over and doing some videos for us? And he he was all on board for it, so I'm very excited about videos that scott's producing for php architect the the pipeline of ideas is amazing i i love his speaking style the way he produces the videos should give him a microphone yeah one day not a terrible idea uh again when he takes over your spot next week he gets yours you just have to ship it to him you gotta yeah you gotta turn your shit in they dare you (laughs) do you realize what a conversation (laughs) starter this is when i'm doing interviews i go (laughs) Every single interview I have, ooh, that's a nice microphone. What's that for? Say, so, well, I have an OnlyFans on the side. <laughs> yeah, I, all the porn I do. Yeah, it's this sultry yeah. voice. I do ASMR. You can you can pay off your sister's loans. So, what we're going to do here is create a new class using the trait we created last session, <laughs> and we're going to make some very private variables. <laughs> They are very long, very, very private. Very <sighs> so you can see here, I'm using my big int variable declaration. You're this really is, taking this on too long. This, this is going to be uncomfortable. Be, very this is uncomfortable. Allow for a full 64. Got the weirdest time. boner right now. <laughs> oh. Ooh, where'd this trait come from? That's let's 
We're going to integrate. You straight up should do a video like this. Save save it for 300. (laughs) (laughs) It should be. I saw this week one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time. And it's not supporting Laravel yet, but I can't wait till it does. Uh, Really like blandly named blog post showed up that just says detect slow queries before they hit your production database. And I thought, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Turns out there is, there is a thing called PHP stand DBA, which accesses your database structure and then analyzes all your PDO, uh, DBAL, MySQLi queries and says, hey, you appear to be joining on an unindexed thing here, or this this appears to be an N plus one query. You should fix that. And I thought that's just like, wow, that is above and beyond work for a static analysis. It, it just runs through your queries. Every time you run a query in your system, static analysis doesn't even run the queries, just says, this is a bad query. Here's how you fix it. And I'm totally amazed that this exists. I am too. As as a big fan of PHP Stan, I'm kind of liking this. I'm really liking yeah, it. it. <clears throat> uh, yeah, we're we're all big fans of static analysis, but I like I had never thought it go this far. As long as you've heard about static analysis, that's the important part. <laughs> you do have to have heard of it. We're bringing it back to this. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, Let's that's not good, do that. Good stuff. No, I'm not. If you haven't heard of static analysis, you should really check it out. It's very so valuable. This this PHP stand DBA tool is only seven months old, which would explain why I haven't heard of it. But it seems like a default installation for anything that uses a DBAL or PDO. Like this is a no brainer install for you. So I really wanted to get the word out on that because that's cool as hell. And I am a a DBAL user, I definitely want to check this out. John, huh? for weeks, for weeks, you've been asking me how I've liked event sourcing. Yes. And I've been laying it out. I have a question for you. I would like what to are your thoughts of my event sourcing? It's come a long way and it's going great. We actually had a, a conversation with the client today and they're excited about the direction of things. I'm hoping that you feel it's been as big of a learning experience as I have. Like, I think yeah, I've shared with you a lot of the things not, I've not let Eric do vent sourcing. No, I think it's been important to learn it. Uh, I've been able to share a lot that I've learned over the past year. Like the same questions you're having I've had recently. So I'm hoping that I'm able to pass on the knowledge I've had and that it's been as much of a learning experience for you as it has been for me. The value objects piece, so important. The serialization and deserialization is tricky as hell, but once you get your mind wrapped around it, it helps you understand the interactions between all of your objects. And I think static analysis helps a lot with that, by the way. But I think that's one of the, the, the trickiest pieces is you're taking all of these events and building up a representation of the state of your application. And in our case, it's really just a single aggregate. But having not just strings and ints, which has, I think, been a big factor in this. You're not using the strings, ints, arrays, the the 
typical PHP structures where we're using more value objects. I think it's helping kind of formulate everything there. What what are your thoughts around it? So yeah, there as, as a, we've got as we've gotten deeper into it. So so there was definitely a bigger learning curve than mm-hmm. I I had uh, you know prepared for. Uh, I thought I understood some of the basic principles. I think the biggest thing that I I had made an assumption of that didn't happen was that event sourcing was capturing data that I wasn't telling it to capture. Right. Now, that was Which we big... talked about. We talked about last show, right? Right. So that was a big that was a big thing for me because you know my whole selling point on it was oh hey you know we're just going to capture data that we don't even know we need yet. And then if we decide we need it, we have it. And that's just not the case. I mean, you can, you can capture everything, but you still have to do it. I I think Uh, part of the, part of that is going back to our example that I've used in my presentations in a shopping cart situation where you you just delete records from the database. So I add an, I add an item to my cart. You insert a record in the database I remove that item from my cart. You delete the record from the database. That information is gone. In event sourcing, it's add the item, remove the item. So you have more information than you would have than a traditional CRUD app where you've just deleted the record altogether. So you have more information than you think you have. But when you start understanding event sourcing, now you're in in the assumption you have more than you have. I think that might be the difference. And I think that really sums up a lot of event sourcing is is um, thinking of all your data as as state and how it got into that state, like being mm-hmm. able to do that. And there, I mean, there is a conversation to be had if this is something you feel like you need, whether or not you need event sourcing or whether or not you just need some sort of auditing trail, you know, an auditing table, which is kind of like a poor man event sourcing. So, I think that was the biggest thing. I think the other thing I was surprised about is how bad a lot of the packages around event sourcing are. Don't pause when you say things like that. You just leave me holes that I can just dig right into. <laughs> I mean, like like the, the the one I'm working with, like the top tier event sourcing packages, like Event Sauce is the one I'm I'm working with. There's Proof. There's a few others. They're well thought out and they're very completed. It's when you start getting to these tiers down, like, oh, here's the Laravel event sauce wrapper for you to use. That it's just like, it seems not complete, kind of broken. You know, it's just so the event sauce is again what I went with, and of course. I'm using a Laravel app, so I looked for a Laravel event sauce, and there was a Laravel event sauce package out there that was just incomplete. And what it did do for me was pretty minimal. Still using it because I kind of started using it, but like a lot of the stuff that John paired with me on, we just ended up using event sauce. The documentation around that that package was missing. Like we 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 had to yeah. figure a bunch of stuff out on our own. Mm. And at the end of the day, all it did was allow you, I could be wrong on this. I think at the end of the day, all it did was allow you to use Illuminate to store your events, right? I mean, that's how I felt like, yeah, 
I felt that was the biggest thing it brought to the table was, hey, it'll create the table for you and and store your stuff for you. So, so you yeah. contributed to the open source docs, right? So that's the thing, right? It's like, I'm thinking, man, I can get my head more around this event sourcing. I would totally dig into this package because I feel like there's like so much that can be contributed to it. So I, I am not saying I'm not doing that. But saying we haven't done it yet. Yeah, we have not done it yet. And yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, I'm still learning, but it's definitely one of those patterns that like, if, if I, if my next project isn't event sourcing, I'm screwed because like, I'm not going to be able to come back to this. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be just as lost when I come back, if not more so when I come back for it. But I think, I, I think as you understand the pattern more, it becomes a, you could throw that in for almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man. I don't know work. if I agree with that because it's, it's like still, still my biggest complaint is that there's just so much, I don't want to call it baggage, but this because you've done more than just event sourcing. You're, you're using value objects to represent pieces of data and not relying on PHP's type crap. Like the, having strings and integers and arrays that don't necessarily mean anything. Once you start putting value objects around that and you have like what that data represents can do so much more for you right now. You haven't gone that extra step of outside of holding the data and getting the data. You've done a little bit of validation, but until you get into testing with value objects, knowing that you're passing valid data in, to me, that's a game changer where all you want to use is data objects. You don't want to deal with the scalers anymore unless you have to. Yeah, and I think I think there's a lot of value to that statement as well. I will say if you're a PHP developer, as I was a PHP developer for years, and I read about value objects. You still I, are. I, I, <laughs> yes, I still am. I read about value objects. I, you know, thought I conceptually understood what value objects were, but I didn't understand what their value was to code. Do yourself a favor. This is not a event sourcing thing. Do yourself a favor and look into value objects. I think value objects will definitely be one of the things I take away from this project that I will look to implement more. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. The, the value objects was was an eye opener for me, and I, I do like having them. Exactly what you said. It's like it takes away a lot of questions and a lot of concerns when passing variables around. If if you know the variable adheres to a certain value object, and mm-hmm. then then you're good. So value objects come up a lot in testing and not that I want to go back to the conversation I had on that live stream recently. I understand the, the cost of testing. You do have that increased initial cost of writing tests. There was a, was brought up that doing pure TDD where you write a failing test and then make it pass costs more and I think there's a trade-off between when you do pure TDD versus not can be argued one way or the other. But when you start getting into CI, CD, where you ha- have that confidence of things passing, 
having composer libraries that are fully tested where if if I know a library is fully tested and it upgrades, I am more confident in using the upgraded version than I would be using a framework that doesn't have tests and having it upgrade on its own. Because I don't know that, I don't know what's changed, first of all, and are there tests around the things that change to make sure that it's returning the same things I expect it to return. Having, doing TDD allows changes in the future where I know that I'm not breaking my current code. All the value objects lead into that to make it where TDD, sorry, Tom, I didn't mean to cut you off, but just to finalize my approach, TDD allows me to also figure out how my code is going to work and interact together before writing the actual code. If you guys are allowed to tell me that we've been on my topic for too long, I can tell you guys that we've been on your topic for too long. Topic. We have people asking about this. People in our Discord at <laughs> discord.phpugly.com, people on Twitter. People want to know about event sourcing. It's one of those topics that everybody talks about, but not that many people actually do. Actually, I have I submitted two proposals to Longhorn PHP on event sourcing. Hopefully Both they get accepted. Hmm? Both of them are event sourcing? When is Longhorn? Coming up in November, I think. Oh, right when uh, I, I, 8.2 releases. I, I meant to submit a couple more talks because as as conference organizers, we know you want to select speakers that have multiple topics because you want to use them for like two different sessions. The fact that mine are kind of closely related may have screwed my chances of doing that. Yeah, but that temptation to go up on stage and say, hi, I'm John Congdon, owner of PHP Architect. Part owner. He would have to say part owner. No, he would I have you lawyers know that's, everywhere. I would, I would love if you were just in the audience and he says owner of PHP Architect and you just yell, fuck you, and slam your chair to the ground. <laughs> 50% bitch! <laughs> That's funny. That's that's. <laughs> Did you guys hear about this Plocks GitHub thing? The what? Plocks what? GitHub attack. No clue what you're talking about. Someone had someone had uh, had logged into uh, logged into GitHub and saw that there were thirty five thousand pull requests. And it turns out that like on GitHub, it's really easy to like clone, not fork, but clone a repo and then make a, make an existing commit by one user appear different without them, not like without security behind it. So like if you clone a repo, all of the information about previous commits and stuff like that comes with it. And then you push that to a new GitHub repo and that user is an authorized GitHub user, then it attributes all of those commits to that user. But if you take a clone and modify an old commit in Git and say, you know, retroactively update this commit, then it still belongs to the person who originally wrote that commit. So it still shows up as a commit by them, not by you. That's that's one of the arguments behind having... Signed commits. Right. But, but go, go on. I'm still not capturing. I'm not so, grasping the issue here. Someone had 
taken like a ton of repositories and cloned them and then put a back door that read env files and sent it to them and then pushed them out so that they were basically squatting on bad names for these repos so if you pulled something from packagist and you you added an extra t to the name of the repo it would pull this person's repo instead but it would all be signed by the correct developer and this person basically got caught trying to create thousands of repos like that and said, oh, no, no, I'm a security researcher. This is a security research thing. And then disappeared. <laughs> like never, never responded and said anything. They just said like, no, no. It's- so it's almost like the main squatting, but you're squatting on package names or GAB names. Yeah, it sounds like- right. It sounds like- it's exactly the same as domain squatting, except that it's actually signed. If you go to the get if you go to the wrong Git repository, it still has the correct user's information. It still says that official developer created because this. The, because the commit ID has their right. credentials. Mm-hmm. Huh, that's funny. So <laughs> I'm going to do that all episode now. I'm sorry. <laughs> you pointed it out. Now i got to keep doing it. So that's funny. That's I think that can be our title. Oh, that's funny. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> But yeah, if you, you can also developer. you can also do this by just changing your username and email in your Git config, and you can push as somebody else as long as they accept the pull request. Ends up in their name, right? So that's why I was going to say if you if you really want to be you know you're worth worth your weight as a developer, learn how to do sign commits. It's basically SSH keys for Git commits, and it's, it's super of, difficult. So only the creme de la creme can do it so don't listen to him he doesn't know what he's talking about <laughs> it's not i mean it's it's it takes a few steps to set it up but it's like it, no, it takes a few steps in linux or or osx if you want to do sign commits in windows start by installing linux really <laughs> yeah well i mean doesn't doesn't windows have a have its own linux kernel now doesn't isn't that a thing uh, no okay not yet i'm we're not going to get into my theories about what the next version of Windows is going to look like, but it will be Linux. Pop OS. They're going to buy Pop OS. <laughs> buy Pop OS. <laughs> hey, what Do else? Guys... Do you anything else? No, I, got, I thought I had nothing, and then I looked at John's list of literally nothing, and I went, oh, I have quite a bit. And then but, I almost... Uh, I almost, I ended up talking half the episode. I don't know what the problem I is. I almost deleted John's list because it, it was like... A, it was like a baby born with a tail. You just it's not necessary to be there. <laughs> like, yeah, it was born with it, but you don't you don't want to keep it. The tail or the baby? Sure. <laughs> Depends on what state you're in. Uh, XH prof. Have you guys done profiling before? Yes. It is amazing. I haven't done it in a long time, but it, when it's, I've needed it, it's been great. It's super amazing, but like the interfaces for analyzing a profile file are like terrible. There's like K mm. KH prof, the, the KDE profiling thing doesn't even run on most systems now. They all look like my first VS code examples. What's uh, the, it was Q what was a Q one? QH prof, I don't know. No. They, they're all ugly as sin. Well, I saw an article on Laravel News about profiling your application with XHProf. 
which is just like once this is installed, you set a variable in your ENV and it'll it'll create a profile file for you. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Too bad profiling is ugly as hell. And then they were like, well, yeah. And then you just use XHGUI and uh, analyze the file with this this visualizer thing. And I'm like, I've never heard of this. What is this thing? And it's an actually like nice, good looking profile reader. It, it's a little web interface thing and it lets you do all sorts of like new features that, that the old K prof thing doesn't do pulls up, you know, cookie information, call graphs, the hardest hit location for the day, most Ram usage, longest running. Like you could use this thing in production. Now don't because <laughs> profiling is very, very intensive it's a but, lot of data. I've done it in production before, and then all of a sudden your directory is full and you're screwed. <laughs> oh yeah, you can easily run like run into gigs of data with this. No problem. Yeah. yeah. But if you were to run this in some sort of test environment where people were hitting a QA server or something like that, you could get a lot of really valuable data. And this new XHGUI thing, I mean I say new, I have no idea how old it actually is. Oh, 14 years. So that's a long time, (laughs) but it looks great. Again, new employer. I'm staying on top (laughs) of technology. Like just stays on top of it. So interestingly, it uses MongoDB or my, my SQL to store the uh, profile logs. So getting this thing connected to, the Laravel XHProf package is super simple because generally profiling with Xdebug will dump it to a file, but with XHProf, it dumps it to a database. Interesting. So it makes managing multiple profiles, multiple runs much easier, and you can do comparative stuff between the files. So apparently this is super old. I just didn't fucking know. That's the is, important thing. Is Tom Stoop? Always no, always keep learning. Isn't that one of our biggest things? Like constantly learn new things and no, we continue to oh, learn it's, too. It's almost bit me in the ass a couple times during these interview processes though, because I talk about how I'm always learning and they're like, well, what motivates you to learn more every day? And I say, well, I have this podcast and if I don't have anything to say, I just look dumb. So I know everything that literally happened in the PHP world for the week before they go, oh, what's your podcast? I want to listen to it. And I said, I don't have a podcast. <laughs> I don't, you must have misheard me. I don't, I don't think I have a podcast. It's a very private network. You have to be a Patreon to hear it. It's Yeah, we don't so broadcast any yeah, how, how do you become a patron? Well. On Patreon. You join, uh, I, you join at patreon.phpugly.com, I think. Join it. You know that that URL. <laughs> what URL? We should put the I don't, URL on I don't the see screen. a URL. <laughs> it's it's literally okay. Look, it's literally on the screen the entire time that we are recording. It's right here oh, at the bottom can... the whole not time. A, not on the screen you were just on. No, it's just it's just on for the other hour that we're not on that screen. <laughs> so is the Discord one, Tom? You're always giving the shit about not giving out the Discord. URL. I gave you shit about that for three weeks, and now you guys can't stop giving out the Discord URL. Patreon.com slash PHP ugly. Is that what we're saying? 
That is yes, patreon.com slash php ugly. Okay. Patreon dot com is for my other show. It's a much lonelier show. <laughs> what do you talk about classes? Long classes. Very long. <laughs> oh, this show's gone off. No the one no one makes fun of me for vaping on my sexy podcast. They should. Neither, neither one of the listeners say anything about it. <laughs> neither, yeah. Well, my, my mom's very polite about it. It's on your sexy podcast. Hey, she's supportive. Thank you very much. <laughs> that just went very weird. <laughs> very, right. very weird. I think that's going to be it. Are we done? Are we wrapping up? We are. Almost. I'm going to cover that was a good episode. It was a good episode up until now. And now I'm going to cover gonna no. it down, but go ahead. Just, cover, it just takes one second. Down. Last week, Eric had discussed a lot of the new features of composer 2.4 this week. It is officially released. It is no longer a beta that you have to opt into. You can just do a composer self upgrade, self update, and uh, you're good to go with the auditing and incrementing functionality that we were discussing last week. So we ready, to, ready to go. I don't think we did. Yeah, we did. Mm, I don't think so. Can the, can so listeners, if if you're listening to this in the past, can you go back to episode one all the way up through last episode and then tell me if we really talked about that? I am sorry. Two weeks ago, two ninety seven. Bam! Screwed up that whole joke. Well, should have tried harder. Yeah, that's what she said. All right. Like that's I said, it. my mom is very supportive. Think- our patrons on Patreon for their support. They're our true friends. And we want to thank Honey Badger and Cloudways. Cloudways for joining us again. We do appreciate that as well. I don't know, man. I feel like we should take a week off or two weeks off before doing episode 300. I just like Because we like... have no ideas for 300? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to have a job then, and I can say what it actually is instead of... It sounds like belt. You know how weird it's going to be if you don't have a job? <laughs> it's going to be a very awkward conversation, man. I will be drinking a lot more. <laughs> I need to we need to come with some bowling. I mean, the bowling was your thing, John. Maybe that's what we do. Oh, Tom, we can dig up some of old John's old uh, bowling podcast videos. Ooh, and just talk talk bowling? Talk bowling, baby. No, we'll just transition to a pure paragliding podcast. Paragliding talk? It's already out there. And I guess You're that's done. all I'm taking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Yeah. All right, that's it. Episode I 299. Listen, I, I, would, I would listen to that one live, but they broadcast the same time we do. It was funny. Merrick. I'm John. I'm Tom. <laughs> That's funny. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'm going to drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'm going to send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host named Thomas because he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this. 
cause the people love me Shouts out to PHP, the ugly It's called ugly cause it's not professional But I'm about to come through and bless it with style So let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room Yo, the segment of the show is called Doom and Gloom That came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise Yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish We talking about the PHP, the programming language About to break it down, no exaggeration What do y'all do for a living? Web applications, okay, I can dig it My words spray tight, uh They getting together on the Thursday nights Yeah, when it comes to rhyming You can call me the new dude I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube So let's get it, you know my lyrics are major All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters But they doing what they doing Keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely let's go yeah